The riots continue, but there's some hope in the air. All the police officers are in jail, all four of them. Derek Chauvin's uh, charges have actually been upgraded to second-degree murder, and the other three officers are facing aiding and abetting to second-degree murder. Is this enough? Is this going to end the problems that we're having on the streets in every democratically run city in the country? Not so sure. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So I've decided to bring on Dave from the Dave Rule, like I promised you yesterday, and there he is. Say hi, Dave. Hello. How's everyone doing? Yeah, he looks like Santa Claus. I can't believe we haven't seen each other. I think we've seen each other twice in the last four months. He's decided to grow his beard out, and he looks he looks like Santa Claus. He looks – I Santa Claus means he looks old, but I, I don't want to say that. That's really bad. So well, anyway. It's coming off this weekend. <laughs> oh, it's coming off. I just hurt his feelings. Oh, well. So – Today, what we've decided to do, I know in the last couple of podcasts, I brought up the, or in the last podcast, I brought up the riots that are occurring in just about every Democratic controlled city in the country. And I didn't really want to spend a lot of podcasts in it, especially since we have a ton of news. And right now, we actually have a ton of news. Um, we have uh, the. Um, the hearings on the Senate that nobody is talking about. And of course, nobody is talking about it because uh, Barack Obama is going to get reamed in this whole thing. But the reality is all that's going to come back. We're going to have a separate podcast talking about that. We have to, there's no way we can skip the real news, but we really want to bring up this George Floyd murder. We want to talk about Derek Chauvin and his issues and some of the issues that we're facing in our culture, in our civilization today. And I brought Dave on because Dave has some very deep thoughts. He's actually helped a lot with this podcast. And I think uh, we should, it would be a lot better if I had someone else talking about this. So first thing we're going to do is let's talk about the killing in general. Let's talk about this Derek Chauvin putting his knee on the neck of George Floyd and basically choking him out for nine minutes. Floyd was actually probably dead before they had actually put him in the ambulance, but we can't be really sure. The autopsy report reports are back. One was by the, one was by the um, Minneapolis examiners. And one was done privately. Both came up with the same answers. Even though the uh, medical examiner from Minneapolis came up with a little bit extra, I don't think that really matters. Maybe we talk about that later. But the reality is it's, it's done. It, everyone is saying that it is a killing, and that's what it is. So, Dave, a uh, quick question for you, just so we can understand yep. where we are. You saw the video, right? Uh, you know, I did not see the video. I saw pictures of the um, the officer with his knee on uh, Floyd's neck, but I did not see the video. 
that's because Dave did not visit dumbassestalkingpolitics.com that actually had the full video on there. That's okay. He listens to the podcast daily, so that's all right. But it was the pictures, I'm sure, were the most brutal of pictures, and it was exactly, the video was exactly what you saw in the pictures. What do you think about it? Just looking, just from what you know. Just from what I know, um, four officers detaining one person. Yes, the guy was six foot four, a big guy, probably very strong. But, um, you know, from the pictures I saw, they had him handcuffed with his uh, hands behind his back. They had four officers there. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, they had, uh, I don't think they showed any restraint. I think they went overboard holding him down for that amount of time. Yeah, after they had the handcuffs on him, I think it would have been pretty safe to say, okay, let's get this guy in the back of the cruiser, get him down to the station. Yeah, for them to sit on him for that long, I think that's excessive. And I think that's what really pisses me off about the um, the treatment of the, uh, you know, of how, how they treated George. Um, it's, it shouldn't have gone to that extent. I agree. I, I don't think there was really any doubt. I saw the, I saw the whole video and it just, I thought it was horrid. Uh, I know the police do actually put their knees to keep knees on the body of a suspect, but it's usually in their back. It's not on their throats. Um, the guy started bleeding from his nose uh, a couple minutes after this whole thing started. He was screaming. He couldn't breathe. I, I just, I don't know. It, 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 I, I cannot see any way that this is not murder. Now, the... Um, Today, the Attorney General of Minneapolis just upgraded the charges for police, uh, police officer, for the police officer, for uh, Derek uh, Chauvin. They upgraded it from third-degree murder and uh, to second-degree murder. He's now being charged with second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and I believe it's second-degree manslaughter. The, now, the difference people are bent out of shape because he was not charged with first degree murder. First degree, second degree murder is going to be very hard to prove because second degree murder means that, and I personally believe he should be charged with second degree murder because he looked like he was trying to kill him. What do you think, Dave? Do you think he was trying to kill him? You haven't seen the whole video, I understand. but he just, yeah, knowing, not watching just, the video. But just seeing the picture right, and to think he was on him for nine minutes? Yeah, I think the, just the actions itself it being so excessive. Um, the question I have is he's being charged with second-degree murder and third-degree murder, but there's only one victim. Can he be charged multiple times for multiple murders? Or Good question. do they have to pick a charge and say, we're going to go with this charge? Obviously, if someone is in the middle of a crime and they run and they're running through stoplights and uh, running red lights, 
Guys, they're chasing you. They're keeping track of every offense that you do. So when they throw the book at you, you ran X number of traffic lights. You ran X number of stop signs. And they will throw each encounter against you. This is a, uh, there was a single person, George Floyd, and they killed him. Plain and simple, they killed him. How many charges can they come up with that? Um, I, I don't know how the judicial system works. Can they charge him with a second and a third degree count of murder? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. That's a great question. Okay, first off, no, he can only be charged. Now, in what you're talking about, when you're talking about a high-speed chase and they record every violation, every violation is a separate crime. Right. When you're looking at murder, you can only be convicted of, or you're looking at manslaughter or murder, you can only be convicted once of the same crime. Now, what prosecutors do is they do the bullseye routine where they sit there and charge him with first degree, second degree, manslaughter, third degree, manslaughter, and they hope that one dart actually hits the board. Right. This is, this is a big problem with the Trayvon Martin case. The Trayvon Martin case, they charged that character. I can't remember his name because he's so irrelevant. Zimmerman. 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 Yeah, that's it. They charged him with only second degree murder. And one of the uh, criticisms of the prosecution was, well, why didn't you charge him with manslaughter? You would have gotten him on manslaughter. So if they had charged him with second degree murder and manslaughter, they would have found him not guilty of second degree murder, but they probably would have found him guilty of manslaughter. And that's agree. And that's what um, that's what this character up in. And I don't like the DA in uh, I don't like the DA in Minneapolis in Minnesota. But that's what his thinking is. And listening to his um, speech today, it didn't sound like he was real confident. So the big question is, why didn't he charge him with first-degree murder? First-degree murder is an extreme set of murders. Derek Chauvin had to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to kill George Floyd. That is first-degree murder. So chances are it wasn't going to work. But if they had charged him with first-degree murder, the thought was that Derek Chauvin would have said, Officer Derek Chauvin, he's still, no, he's fired. He's done. He's not a cop anymore. Uh, Derek Chauvin probably would have plead down, pled down to second-degree murder and taken the 40 years. Whereas, and, and by the way, Derek Chauvin would have been 80 by the time he got out of prison, if he got out of prison. So um, there's lots of questions, including me. I wonder why he wasn't charged with first-degree murder, which would have been life. But he wasn't. But you can tell that Ellison, who is the uh, DA in Minnesota, wasn't that comfortable with it. And if you heard his speech today, he did not sound comfortable. Now, the other officers, again, charged with aiding and abetting for second-degree murder. Now, all four officers that were on the scene, Dave, are in prison, are in jail. And they all have million to $200 million bail. Do you think this is going to stop the uh, riots? Or the Not protests? at all. Even the protests? No, not at all. 
Um, there are several items uh, that are related to the protest. There are those that are protesting for the police brutality. And one of the things I really don't want to get into is uh, the Black Lives Matter. Um, I think once you label it as Black Lives Matter, you'd be, you've made it a racial thing. I don't think this was a racial thing. I think it was a bunch of officers being officers and the pack mentality as we're the authority, we have the guns, we have the, the badges, and we have the law on our side. We can do whatever we want and get away with it. And I think um, a lot of people are upset, rightly so, because it was murder, plain and simple, out in the middle of the street. Um, but I think once you label it uh, as a Black Lives Matter thing, you, you turn it into a racial thing. Yes, a lot of police officers kill a lot of civilians. It happens. Yeah, it shouldn't happen. Yeah, it, it shouldn't happen at all. Um, and I think a lot of people are taking advantage and you know participating in something. You know, creating a lot more than what should be happening. Um, you know, obviously, there's the protesters and there's the rioters. You know, to me, you go out at noon, you go out at 5 p.m., and you protest. After dark, when you're wearing black and a face mask and carrying sticks, bats, rocks, bricks, you're no longer a protester. You're a thug, you're a criminal, and you're out to cause problems. There's also the extreme, which is, I think, uh, something that we've seen on the news quite a bit. And um, I think uh, you, you're the one that's educating me more on this is Antifa, which is extremely bad because, you know, they're, no, they're not out to loot and stuff like that, they're out to harm. They want to hurt people, whether so, it's so other people or so let's let's get let's get into that. Let's get into that. Um, philosophy. Let's let's talk about the philosophy of the different groups. It's interesting. You just led me into the next question, and you're probably we're probably going to be led into the question right after that. So. When we're talking about philosophy, you have the protester, you have the Black Lives Matter group, you have the Antifa group. You also have the, the philosophy of the rioter, because yeah. not all rioters are Black Lives Matter or Antifa. Correct. The, 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 the protester is actually trying to make a change. I agree with the protester. I, I 100%. Think, I, I, I may not agree with their philosophy, which I think is, I, I think the protesters' philosophy is terrible because it, it's America's racist, there's institutional racism, there's, we're just a terrible country, and we were, you know, the 1619 Project from the New York Times, we, we were made from racism, but they have the right to protest, I have no problem with that, go for it. 
protest all you want. Then you have Black Lives Matter that says this country protest is, all you want, but please don't block the freeway. Well, they're allowed to block the freeway. That's civil disobedience. I, it's inconvenient. Now, when they start chasing your car with a, especially your car, they chase your car with a pipe. I, I'm sorry. Then you're getting into violence. That's not civil disobedience anymore. And I personally think those people that were run over because they blocked the 101 last week. I think it was the 101. I yeah, I have no problem with that. But I mean, you want to block a freeway to civil disobedience? It's inconvenient. And okay, well, yeah, it's Darwinism. I, I think there's a difference between protesting to piss people off versus protesting to get your point across. And I think when you make things so inconvenient for people, you are just going to piss people off and they're just going to say, I'm not even interested in what this guy's got to say. So That's exactly where I'm at. If you block the freeway, um, you, I'm no longer behind you. And then there's Black Lives Matter that believes that everything, including Target, Walmart, were raised on black slavery. And what I find amazing with that is most of these kids that are screaming about Walmart deserving to get pummeled, even though these people didn't actually steal anything from them, is that none of them experienced slavery and didn't even experience Jim Crow. They don't even know what racism is. I remember racism. I was in Chicago. I saw cops. That was cops just bust blacks for no reason even at the airport i would be parking at the airport and a cop would say okay stay here but move when you can and then just one guy a black car a black guy in a car right in front of me would just get lambasted by this cop and have to move right away that's systemic racism but that's not that's not well that's not systemic that's the cop being a racist i don't even know if that's systemic in Chicago because I don't live there anymore. But I I don't believe our country is set up to racism and I don't think rioting is a good reason for it. You saw I don't know if you've seen it Dave, but now they're making Black Lives Matter is making white people kneel in front of black people and apologize to them. Have you seen any <laughs> videos on that? I've I've heard of uh, black people asking cops to kneel in front of them. Um, and I'm wondering what that's about. Is that, uh, you know, I have more power over you. You're going to kneel to me. Yes. Is that, uh, wielding that's that's over essentially them? what it is. Yes. That's essentially what it yeah. is. It is. It is. Uh, you've had all the power because of white privilege, whatever that means, because half the police force in a lot of these places are black or Hispanic. I mean, one of the guys who was arrested today was Asian. I, it's yep. it's kind of okay. And so and, much for equality. Oh, oh God! I'm going to bring something up I didn't talk to you about. Okay, let's let's go. That's Black Lives Matter. Antifa. Antifa is just an anarch organization. Anarchy organization. They believe in. I heard this really weird statement. I'm an anarcho-communist. That's Antifa. They don't even wow. have a philosophy. Anarchy and communism are two 
philosophies that don't even mesh. I don't even know where they are, but they're about violence. That's all they're about. What do you? How think? are they set up though? How are Antifa controlled? How are they organized? They're not. Um, that's that's what's so hard about them. They're not. They deal with social media. They do have a couple of people who are considered leaders, but they're not on paper leaders. That, that's what makes them so hard to find. They're just, they're all social media. All of the protests, there were a lot of protests, and you heard that President Trump wanted to deem Antifa a domestic terrorist organization, which he can't legally. But he wanted right. to deem them as a domestic terrorist organization. And they are, but the problem is they're so patchwork that they literally go on Facebook or Twitter and they sit back and say, let's meet here and let's start throwing things. Of course, this is a group that was planting bricks and steel pipes and Molotov cocktails in bushes so people would know where they were and could start throwing them at police. They're just a terrible group. I, and I saw by the way, video. they're all teenage white kids. They're not, it, I think if you have one or two black people in Antifa, that's a shocker. If you look at the Antifa <laughs> in Portland, they're all white. Yeah, I saw a video uh, that was taken and you see a guy in a wheelbarrow just drop off a bunch of rocks and bricks in the middle of the street for people to use to throw at other people and businesses and break windows. You know, obviously what, what you know, I don't carry a wheelbarrow with me full of rocks. You know, this, this takes plenty. Yeah. I, I it just, it, it's, it's a terrible thing. It's scary because if you looked at these riots, these riots really show, and I told you, this is what, well, I didn't tell you, I don't even know if I did a podcast on this. This is the next civil war. It's going to be patchwork like this. It's going to be one day someone's going to get sick and tired of getting shot at. And he's going to be a police officer. or He's going to be a regular citizen who, who believes in the United States, practices his Second Amendment rights, and just starts shooting. And I'm not completely sure that that's a bad thing thing anymore as far as for example if my store was being robbed just just yesterday somebody's store or yesterday or day before yesterday some store guy's gun shop was being robbed he had an ar-15 they broke into a shop and he killed two people or one person i can't remember which because they were yeah he killed one and another one was wounded uh, he was the owner of a gun shop, and they were breaking into his gun shop. That's how a civil war starts. I mean, this guy, he's completely, do you think he's completely legitimate to, to shoot this guy? Oh, yes. yes. I, I, I don't think it, it's not going to be the cops that start this. It's going to be regular citizens who are protecting their property. I have two stories for you. Um, I saw one uh, on YouTube. It oh, was um, it was an older lady. She was out in front of her store, and some looters came ar came around, 
and she's begging them not to not to damage and loot her store. They start attacking her. They start beating on her. They're carrying two by fours. The guys her, are the By ladies. the way, it wasn't just her. It was her husband. I saw that too. Her husband, yep. it was her her husband, husband came too. out to try and defend her, and they attack him also. And they're, they're hitting them with two by fours. And I'm thinking, okay, where's the good guy with the gun? Second story, the bakers. Yeah, they've been shut down because of COVID. They're finally able to open their stores. And some yeah, looters come by, break a window. And the guy, the, the, the owners, the family, they're there with their guns. They say, hey, no more. Come in. You're not, you're not walking out. You're being carried out. They protected themselves with their guns. And they, you know, they had a window damaged and no more. They had protection and it's one of those things it's what the second amendment the second amendment is there for you know you fear for your life you're protecting your family and that's it okay dave here, here's something I, and, and by the way there's there's dozens like that like for example uh doran who was shot he's a 70 year old man who was shot protecting a place he was contracted to protect he was a police captain, shot in the chest, died in front of it. I, I'm assuming this because I heard this. Died in front. It's all over Twitter, by the way. Died in front of his cousin or his nephew because of a wow. TV. They were just looting. That's all they were doing is looting. And this man, this and even Donald Trump, sat back and posted a memorial for this guy. It's, it's disgusting. And see, this is the problem. And this is where I'm trying to keep calm because I don't want cops or the army or the National Guard and just start shooting people. But this is where rage starts and it starts on the other side too. Yeah. It's hard to be called a racist all the time. A racist, a bigot, a sexist, Whatever is there are, it's very hard, and and sit back and tolerate it. People are eventually going to stop tolerating it, and you're going to have two ideologies that are just going to say screw it. And whenever someone comes up, they're just going to start going off. So I, I didn't bring this up in the other part, and I know you're a big Second Amendment guy. I'm a huge Second Amendment guy. Do you think that this whole thing is actually separating, is convincing people who are constitutionalists to ignore the Constitution? For example, I... this COVID, let me give you some examples. This COVID-19 thing, does that make you want to stop going to church? Or does it want to make you go to church more because you're tired of, of liberals telling you not to go to church and by the way folks you all know this i live in california dave lives in california we are the most progressive leftist state in the union so we have nothing but regulations on us oh yeah so dave do you feel 
closer to the Constitution now than you did before or further away from it? Yeah, a lot closer because I think as being a father, you know, I would do anything for my family. I would protect them to, you know, they, they talk about you know, bears, you know, and what bears do to protect their cubs. Yeah, and moms, what they do to protect their babies. You know, the, what's most precious to me are my kids. I'll do whatever it takes to protect my kids. And by the way, I'll vouch yeah, for that. Simple. I'll vouch for that. He loves his kids. Yeah, and that, it, that's all it comes down to. Yeah, I will protect mine. I, I, and see, and that's it. I see, I feel the same way. I think one of the things with this whole mess that's happened, I've actually embraced, and this has been something, we're going to talk about this with culture in a few minutes. I've embraced the Constitution like I've never embraced the Constitution in the last 10, 15 years, just seeing all this crap. And we're going to talk about, Dave is going to bring up culture in a few minutes because culture has been just destroyed by the left. And because the constitution is made up of greek reason and jewish judeo-christian morality it's the perfect document and i just don't understand why people don't realize it, do you think they came up with the second amendment based on based on do you think god said don't protect yourself don't protect your family in the Bible? Yeah, he, that's exactly what he said in the Bible. Or not God, but whoever wrote the Bible. But it's in there. It's done. And yeah, I, I personally, I've convinced Josie to get a gun. I convinced Josie to take a safety course and get certified so she can buy any gun she wants in California because that's the regulation we have to have. And and that's the whole thing. She doesn't feel safe. No one feels safe anymore. I think you're right because the only people that, uh, that you know, are able to carry guns are those that break the law. Yeah, it's so difficult uh, to be able to protect yourself, um, especially in California. Um, yeah, I got into guns when. You know, it, it, you know, it's like, hey, it, either you get one now or you're probably never going to get one because it's going to be so difficult. You know, what, you, you know what's funny? Um, Zenith News just released a, a news source. Zenith News is not a blue-checked Twitter news source, but I can believe it. 80% raise in gun buying in the last couple yep. of months. And mind you, and California closes their gun shops, but nobody else does. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, um, I, I've also heard that um, that gun sales have been through the roof. Um, and there's been uh, several instances um, in history, especially recently, the last 10 years, where, you know, whether it's a politician or an election, or something like COVID-19, uh, where, you know, you start thinking and saying, well, what, what am I going to do? 
Um, several years ago, there was a, a major power outage in Southern California. That uh, was, uh, I think, a route blamed on someone on the Yuma border, California Arizona border. Um, uh, that's where the blame was. But uh, what happened is, uh, Southern California lost power mid afternoon. Everybody says, okay, power is not coming. And uh, okay, my family's at home. I don't know if we have anything for dinner. And I had a coworker with me. He lived near me. I said, hey, do you need a ride home? Yes, perfect. Do me a favor. I will give you a ride home, but I need to stop at the store. Come with me. So I took him with me to Ralph's. It's a you know store right near me. We went in, and this was about three or four hours after the power had gone out. Lines at Ralph's were about 30 people deep. Wow. Security guards at the door checking your receipt when you're carrying water out. And I'm looking around and saying, yeah, there's a lot of tension here. This is after three or four hours of no power. What would I'm it sorry, be I'm sorry, like? Dave. I'm sorry, Dave. When did this happen? What year? This was about uh, seven years ago. Wow. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's all right. And I, I was, you know, I could tell that there was a lot of tension. There are a lot of issues. Security guards at the door, and I think, okay, it's it's been four or five hours, three three to five hours since power went out, and it's already like this. Long lines, a lot of stuff uh, getting slim at the stores. And uh, what is it going to look like after 12 hours with no power? 24 hours with no power, or 48 hours with no power? And uh, you know, I gotta get home. I gotta inventory my stuff. Do I have uh, my rations? I, I've got a uh, a uh, pail with. Uh, rations that I can survive for uh, quite a while. Um, I've got ammo. Um, I've got water. And I thought, yeah, it's times like that. Yeah, after a couple of hours, it, things escalate. I couldn't imagine what would happen after tw uh, 12 hours or 24 hours or 48 hours, you know, with no power. People would get desperate. You know something? It's funny. It's first off, you know me in COVID nineteen. I think it's yeah. bull crap. I thought it was bull crap from day one. I, I literally bought two rolls of toilet paper because I'm not that full of crap that I need more than two two not two rolls but two packs of toilet paper. I'm not that full of crap. I'm going to need more than that. People are buying, I mean, pallets of toilet paper. <laughs> People panic. And, and, you know, like water. We talked about this. I need water. I walk down and I do water. This is the United States. This isn't some banana republic. We're going right. to have food. We're going to have everything we need. And when this COVID thing started, I mean, you remember, I told you, I just gave Josie half my toilet paper. Because she yeah. ran out of toilet paper. She couldn't find it at Walmart. Well, 
Don't find it at Walmart. Find it at the Mexican store down the street. That's where it is. It's all, it's all there. Yep. It's when the panic hits you, you don't think about, okay, what can I do? It's 7-Eleven. You need toilet paper. Go to 7-Eleven. It's there. It's absolutely insane. The COVID-19, uh, your story, I never experienced that. COVID-19 was the first time I experienced any of this. And it made me realize, okay, make sure you have water. And you know something? Here's something wild and crazy. If you don't have water, have tap water. Yep. But I also realized this. And you know, I, I have guns. I'm a huge believer in the Second Amendment. I also had four kids. And again, I live alone now. But I, I never brought, bought ammo for my guns. Now I'm thinking to myself, um, probably should have ammo and maybe a better gun yeah. than what I have. And I've been looking at it and I've been talking to Josie about it and Josie believes in it now. And Josie was as anti-gun as you could ever imagine. Now we're looking for pink 386 hours. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's I, I kid you, I, I'm not kidding. You can look at my phone. But it's really interesting. And I think we're in a scary world right now. I mean, what's going to happen? Yeah. What's going to happen when another white cop kills another black guy and maybe he was swinging a chain there was a there was a story in san diego in san diego where a guy was on meth and heroin at the same time so you know he was completely out of his mind he was a black yep. guy and he was swinging a chain at a cop and the cop parked his car pulled his gun and the cop Back, to, maybe I'll put this video on show notes. Maybe I'll will make show notes for this video, for this uh, podcast. But he backed up two blocks before the guy started charging him. He was just walking. The guy was walking, swinging this chain, and the cop said, "Put the chain down. Put the chain down." This guy was out of his mind. There was nothing. Yeah. So that he finally unloaded on him. He fired four shots dropped him and do you know that cop still got crap for that until the san diego p it was san diego pd wasn't the sheriff it was san diego pd released the body camera footage that showed this 30 minute video of this guy walking backwards telling this guy to drop the chain and this wasn't this was like a six foot bike chain yeah and he finally shot him. Okay. I, this so is, I think, I think, this is, I think it was in 08 when um, there were major uh, fires in Southern California. A good friend of mine uh, has property up in Ramona. He stayed as they evacuated town. He stayed to uh, protect his home from burning down. He fought the fires day and night. Saved his property, saved, saved his home. After the fires were out, the place was kind of like a ghost town, but not so much. People would drive up his driveway, and he would come out to the front, 
holding his shotgun or uh, or an AR type gun because the guy was uh you know we we call his place the compound because that's probably uh, the, the place the place with the most guns and most ammo that I know. Of. Do I know um, this guy? Do I know this guy? Probably. Yeah, <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yep. He he went to check on our clinic to see if they had burnt down, um, and he drove through town. National Guard was out there. Everybody that was there was caring. Everybody, not just National Guard, but any civilian that stayed in town, they were all caring. And I remember him telling me, yeah, of all the things. Yeah, he had plenty of water. He had plenty of food. Toilet paper. But he, he was, goes, that's the one thing. But he was worried he goes, about, he was worried about our business. I, I want to say he was worried about our business. Yeah, he, he, he went and checked on it. But, uh, you know, he, he, he was well prepared. But he also said, hey, you know what? Of all the things I learned, you can never have enough toilet paper. As I, you know, whether it's baby wipes or toilet paper, you know, water, but uh, paper towels, you know, they work. From his, from his experience, he said, Hey, here's what I learned. Here's what you should do. Yeah. You know, the, you, know you, you think about the, where am I going to get water from? You know, one of the things that he mentioned is your toilet. You don't get the water from the bowl, you get it from the, from the tank up on top. Yeah, yes. That's, that's water before it goes into the bowl. That's still clean. Get some water out of there, and you can boil it. And that's, you know, one, of, that's, going, that's one of the problems with uh, California and other uh, uh, cities and states, limiting the, num the amount of water in the bowl, it, uh, in the tank, yeah. is because that's drinking water. If we have an earthquake, that's the first thing you're taught, is to drink the yeah. water out of the tank in the toilet, because it's clean water. And I actually do clean so, that. So I, I don't know if you do. I clean my tank to make sure that I can drink. It's a survival thing. Yep. So here, here, here's the thing. Um, I, I think we're leading into culture, but I'm going to stop culture here because this is a big question that I have. So the rioters are out there. They're stealing sh stuff. Okay, I almost cussed. I just told you before we started not to cuss. I almost did. What should happen with the rioters when they're caught? Right now, the rioters, when they're caught, they're kept for a few hours and they're released. They're given a summons, which they may or may not show up on. What do you think should happen? I think punishment for rioting should have excessive charges you know, special circumstances. Um, I don't think they should be released. I don't think, uh, you know, having all these rich people setting up bail funds and GoFundMe accounts for people that are writing. I can't I, believe, I, I, I can't believe you just said that because I was going to bring this up in a later podcast. You just killed me. But yes, they are releasing these guys based off a bunch of actors actresses and writers rich people typically white sending bail that good good call there dave go go 
Yeah, I think that uh, this is special circumstances. You are rioting under special circumstances, and the the charges, uh, the punishment should be excessive. Um, you know, if if you're not gonna punish someone for, you gotta turn into San Francisco. You know, they're they're allowing people to break into cars and do all sorts of things, and you know, the, the, you know, you got people that are being arrested every single day because every day they're being caught for something because there's no punishment. Okay, you know something, I can't even add to that. So let's get to our main point. How does this actually affect the culture? What's happening with our culture, our civilization, Dave? And I know you've got real extreme thoughts about this, and I don't think your thoughts are far off from mine. Yeah, as far as the culture goes, I think uh, yeah, it's, it's sending the wrong message. Um, I heard something earlier about, uh, uh, in fact, it was probably one of your previous uh, podcasts about the, the greatest generation. Yeah, yeah. Those people that are just a little bit older than you and I, you know, they fought through multiple wars. Uh, they, you know, you know, we, we talk about them and we, we hold them to such high esteem. You know, the people that are writing are not you and I. You know, we're a little bit older than that. We're not going to be able to run down the street for very long. Uh, you might be able to, you're an ultra marathoner. I don't think I can make it a block. I'm going to get into trouble. I'm going to get caught. I'm going to fall down. I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to need help getting up. I just, you know, it's stupid. You know, I think, uh, I, I think a message needs to be sent. Um, and I think writers need to be held accountable. And the punishment should be harsh and it should be swift. That is different from the protesters. There's a huge difference between a protester and a rioter. Um, you know, I, even Fox you know, News, even Fox News, then does not differentiate the two. It, yeah, I do. I do too. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think if if you're rioting, you're a criminal. Period. And you know, you should be held to you know extreme excess charges and time, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things. There's absolutely no reason for it. I think one of the things, I think our culture has gone, uh, we have a, we have a buddy named, I won't use his real name, but his name's Chad. And one of the things Chad's, believes and we've had arguments about it is that the united states never landed on the moon and i i told him yeah no we did there's no question the question was why did we stop landing on the moon chad is a millennial he's on the older end of the millennial scope but he's a millennial and I just realized, you know, these poor bastards didn't do anything. Their generation <laughs> did nothing. So, for example, 
uh, we're you and I are Gen Zers, right? Gen Xers? Yeah, I think we're Gen. I don't know. I think we're Gen Xers. We had the space shuttle. We were alive when we landed on the moon. We were babies. We also had evil Knievel. We what? We also had evil Knievel. We had evil Knievel. And John and and John Wayne. We invented the internet. No, that was Gen X. That or that was the baby boomers that had no, John no, Wayne. That was John Wayne board. died before we were relevant. But here's the things that that our generation had that their generation didn't have. We we did still come in in the middle of the moon launch. We had the space shuttle. We had Ronald Reagan. We had the 1980 U.S. Olympic team defeating the Soviet Union. We watched the Soviet Union dissolve. We watched the crumbling of the Berlin Wall. We had the internet. Iranian hostages. We had the Iranian hostages. We had a lot of things we suffered through, we dealt with. And Gen Zers and the newer generations, they've never experienced any hardship. And they've never experienced any success. And so when they and look we, at their world. We already forgot about 9 11. 9 11. 9-11, they don't remember 9-11. 9-11 was like our space, our moon launch. They don't remember it. They don't. Never happened. They don't understand. Yeah, they, they, they're the ones coming up with these conspiracy theories. They don't remember any of this stuff. And I think this is the problem. This is why they can't believe we landed on the moon. I believe we landed on the moon. Me too. And this is why I think it's awesome that Elon Musk sent U.S. astronauts to the International Space Station. Because at least, oh my God, see, your generation can do something. But they're always afraid. They're always, and what are we going to get out of it? And that's the problem with this culture. Black Lives Matter. Antifa. We need socialism because the government needs to take care of us because we don't do anything. Yeah. That's not a good thing. They don't understand that work is work. You have to work for what you want. You have to learn. Look at the people we work with. We have millennials. We have people that are in the internet generation, which are after the millennials. They're a pain in the butt to work with because you're like, you can't say anything to them. Heck, no, I can't say that. I'm going to get into trouble if I say that. But I, I'm saying, <laughs> hey, we've got millennials above us and they're impossible to work with because you and I were raised in a different way. The cultures are completely different. When I was working for ITT a long time ago, ITT has gone now, so I can say that. But if, when I was yep. working for ITT, I was a, a director at the time, and I was taught how to handle millennials. Now I have to learn how to handle millennials, except they're my bosses. How disturbing is that? Yep, I've gone through the same uh, uh, courses at work, how to handle and how to behave and how to communicate with uh, different 
generations uh, at work. These because are the people, obviously we have. These are the people that are looting. These are our future yeah. leaders. I'm scared to death. I hope to God I die before these this future generation takes over. Because I, I can't see any positivity out of that generation. They're all about what are we going to get? What are we going to give? Look at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar. All these people are about give, give, give. Bernie Sanders, who's going to die 15 minutes from now? Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. Give, give, give. Nancy Pelosi's a progressive. She's not really a leftist, but... Ilhan Omar and, and AOC and Bernie Sanders, they're leftists, they're communists. What surprises me is her wealth. Because she She's doesn't loaded. make that much money. Oh, big time. She, she's but supposed she to be making $125,000 a year in Congress. Here's, here's why I hate Black Lives Matter. Here's why I hate Antifa. Here's why I hate those rich white women kneeling in front of a Black Lives Matter person. This is what happened in the Gulag Archipelago. This is why I say the big problem with all of this has to do with um, the, the acceptance of there are no individuals. There is only the community. Because here's the problem. You bow down to a black person, that black person will end up being your enslaver. It happened in the Gulag Archipelago. Orwell describes it. Huxley describes it. And the forefathers described it. The problem we have is we cannot sit there and say, hey, I had nothing to do with slavery. So you yelling at me about slavery doesn't mean anything. And I'm not going to bow down to you. Because then I'm admitting I had something to do with it. And then when the wrong person takes over, I end up arrested and in a gulag. There was a story in the Gulag Archipelago where the guy, the main, uh, Sholzetskin, I'm sure I mispronounced that he ended up in the gulag he was in the front lines of world war ii running a tank shooting at germans he was pulled off the front lines arrested because he had a conversation with someone from the ukraine which the ukraine did not believe in the soviet union and he spent 20 years in a gulag only because he talked. Here's the problem. Because I'm white, I'm not a murderer. Because I'm white, I'm not a racist. You need to stop pointing at the one white guy that was a piece of crap and saying that all white guys are pieces of crap. And we as white people need to sit back and understand that, that um, admitting something is going to be bad. You need to hold your ground. 99.9% .9 of the white people in this country are not racist. I believe this. We may have prejudices, and there are racists in this country. But we're not all racists. And I think 
that's the problem with culture right now. That's where culture wants us to go. Because I don't want some dumbass like AOC telling me that I need to be stuck in a gulag because I don't agree with her. Because that's what Stalin did. That's what Hitler did. Those concentration camps everyone keeps talking about. Yeah. There were a lot of Jews in those concentration camps, but there were a lot of people who just didn't agree with Hitler, including Catholics. So, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Yep. Uh, you're, you're, you're putting everybody in a bucket. You're this or you're that. Yeah, there's no more individual. You know, it's, you know, it's, I, I disagree with, you know, putting everybody in a bucket. Not all white people are bad. Not all black people are bad. Let's take them individually and say, what have you done? Not what has your race done? Uh, you know, as an individual, you know, that's who we make friends with. You know, we get to know people and say, you know what? I like you. I want to be your friend. Or you know what? You, I don't like you. I, I, I think you're a bad influence and I don't want to be around you. There's no yeah, room. But we don't. There's no room. There's no room for individuals in the collective. No. And th that's what everybody is doing is it's either you're, you're with us or you're against us. And you know, unfortunately, that's what I see a lot of, you know, a lot of it in the news. You know, if you're not with us and you're against us and you're our enemy, it's like, no, not necessarily, but I, that's how you, that's how you're going to classify me. Now I'm in this bucket. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think we need to stop it. I think we need to stop. Hey, here's a newsflash. There can be a racist out there. Um, do I think uh, Derek Chauvin is a racist? I have no idea. I have no, and Josie and I talked about We don't know him as an individual. Uh, Josie and I have talked about this because Josie has basically said that, well, he's a racist because he killed this black guy. Well, he could be, but we don't know yet. And does it really matter? George Floyd's dead, and what he did was wrong. Why are we classing, classifying the murder of George Floyd as worse than, let's just say that cop sat on my neck and killed me. Does that mean it's not really a crime? <laughs> if he did that to you, we wouldn't be rioting. That's true. But again, does that mean it's not a crime? Same crime. Oh, no, you, you just hit it. Yeah, it would... It might still be a crime, but I think it'd be ignored. Yes, uh, um, yes, I agree. This is this is the problem. Here, here's the thing. There's going to be another incidence where a black man is killed by a white cop. It's going to happen. Are we going to go through this shit every time that happens? And we already know statistically, it doesn't happen as much as they say it does. <clears throat> the Washington Post has that. And by the way, Dave, um, use your internet connection. Go to Dumbasses Talking Politics. It's in the last uh, show notes. I actually have <laughs> Washington Post's uh, information. How many, you tell me, in 2019, how many black unarmed black men were killed by police? In 2019? Uh, 
I want to say uh, less than 20. No, give me a number. No, you're not getting off that easy, son of a bitch. Because you need to actually want, you need to go read my blog posts. How many in 2019? Give me a number. All right, I'm going to go with uh, nine. Ten. How many black people, unarmed black people, and by the way, that's, that's, no, we're not going to talk about that. But how many black people, unarmed black people, were killed in 2018? This is according to Washington Post, and they are not a conservative newspaper. They hate Trump. How many people in 2018 were killed? Unarmed black men were killed by police officers in 2018. Take a guess. I would say it's probably uh, something similar. I, I don't think that that's... 19. Okay. 19. That's what's happened. Which means every other black person that was shot by a police officer was armed. Here's something that I want everyone to listen to, everyone to understand. The question should be, so for example, they talk about people being in prison because they committed crimes, because they're black. Here's the question I have is, those people in prison, do they commit crimes? I don't want to hear that the prisons are filled, 25% of the prisons are with, 23% actually, are with black people. I want to hear the percentage of black people that actually committed a crime. <laughs> yeah. And I guarantee you, you will not find any statistic. Okay, we're good. I think we've had we've had enough. So let me give you the information. We've been talking and talking and talking. Dave, do you have anything you want to finish with? How about you finish it, and then I'll just do my closing. No, I, I think we've covered uh, quite a quite a list of different topics. Um, I think uh, heading in the wrong direction right now. Um, uh, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, the uh, if another officer kills another black person, um, I think there's those opportunists that are going to take every opportunity to riot and create mayhem. Um, yeah, what's that quote that you say? Um, never, never waste a, a uh, uh, what you call it? Never let a good yeah. crisis go to waste. And that wasn't mine. That was... Uh... One of Obama's boys. I, I didn't. I yep. didn't take credit for that. No, but uh, that's exactly what would happen. Um, yeah, they they would just take advantage. They they would use it, and they would, you know, they, they would just go. A um, couple of items that we need to look out for: November. Are we going to riot again? That's a great. What question. happens in November? That's a great question. I don't know. I mean, it, it, understand it's still June. So I believe that this race thing is the new leftist narrative against Trump. The problem is Trump really hasn't done anything here wrong. And everything he's done has been by the Constitution. So it's going to be really hard to blame him here. 
especially in a debate with Sleepy Creepy Joe. Yeah. I, I just don't know how where they're going with that whole thing. What do you think? Yeah, I I don't know um, where who is going to be his running mate. Who can he pick it's that gonna a, would? It's going to be a black woman. We can we can guarantee it's going to be a black woman. My guess it's going to be the failed govern, uh, gubernatorial uh, candidate from freaking Georgia. That's my guess. But she doesn't help the party. And she looks really bad. Yes. I, I it's I, I'm sorry. I, a lot of people they the Washington Post can make her look like a model all they want. She's a 300 pounds woman. This is not John F Kennedy beat Nixon because he looked good and Nixon looks like a little troll. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I but I think I think Biden's campaign is a disaster. And I think this is one of the reasons why the left is looking for something. And I think the race is going to be their next thing. Yeah, I heard that he finally came up. You know who hasn't? I'm sorry, could you Kim say that again? You cut off. You cut off. I'm sorry. Um, I said that I heard that he finally came out of his basement. But do you know who hasn't? Kim Jong-il. What happened to I thought him? He, I thought he did. I Did thought he? he he was recorded, but who knows what they're recording? Uh, Kim Kim John Kim John Un. It's Il Un. Il is his father. Um, I think Kim John Un's dead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think he's dead. I, I think his sister's already taking over, and she's as much a she's as much a piece of garbage as he is. So it's going to be oh, interesting to see yeah. what happens there. Very good. Uh, yeah. I, uh, who knows? I, I have no idea. But well, there's your next podcast. I uh, know. There, I'm not going to search. No one knows. It, it's no just, one knows. Yeah, no one knows. I, I I don't know. He did apparently show up, and they had an actual IV uh, prick in him, an IV wound that they showed. Oh, he's alive. There's an IV wound. He's probably dead though. I I I, I think he's dead. You think he's dead? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, chances are he is. Dude, the guy is five foot two, three hundred pounds. <laughs> I don't know what's keeping him alive. And he no, but you like know, a banshee. Yeah, and the leaders that are around him are thinking, okay, when's this guy gonna uh, turn on me and uh, execute me? You know, what? Maybe, got maybe a it's problem like, hey, with having. You got a problem with having a missile shot at your balls from 150 feet? You got a problem with that? Come on. Well, yeah, that's just a leader. He, 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 he's a, he's, that's what Trump's uh, doing, according to the left. Yeah, he <laughs> executes his own family members and other military leaders that are around him. They're they're all going okay. Uh, if we have an opportunity to take this guy out and save ourselves, you, you think they're going to take it? Do you think the sister is going to be any different when she comes into power? She's oh, no, no different. They said she's beautiful, she's sweet, and she's vicious. She's no different. <laughs> she's gonna. Nope. She's going to screw everybody and their mother. There's no way this is going to work out well for. I, I personally, North Korea is such a waste of time. 
I, I who cares? Speaking of their mothers, uh, did you watch that show, um, Tiger King? I did. Did Carol Baskin remind you of Hillary Clinton? Oh, no, you didn't go there. <laughs> I did. The whole time I watched this, I'm thinking, they're sisters. Well, I think I think the blank look in her eyes when they ask her about her husband, that sociopathic <laughs> yeah. look in her eyes, that's what you're confusing because they don't look anything alike. But, I mean, she does strike me as an absolute nut job. Every time Carol spoke, it reminded, reminded me of Hillary Lyon. Well, she just got the Tiger King. She just got, what's his name? Uh, uh, zoo. Zoo, yeah. Yeah, she got the zoo. So apparently they I don't think it. she killed her husband because they just, the courts just gave him a zoo, gave her a zoo. Yeah. And by the way, he was a nut job. Did you see that? I did, yep. Dude, he had a they, Oh, he had a Prince Albert. There was something wrong them. with that guy. I, Not just him, all of them. What? All of them. Every single character in that show was a nut job. That's what made the show so great. I loved it. Yeah. I, I thought it was a great show. I'm hoping he gets out. And, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping he gets out because I think it would be awesome. Yeah. Did they release wait a minute, Netflix did release another season, didn't they? I think they released another episode. I don't know if it's a whole season, but I think there was a a new episode. I think they added one more episode to the end. Yeah. Who cares? He's in jail. I, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. I you've got a gay man who had a harem of husbands. Because uh, on the advice of another zookeeper who had a harem of women. I, I yep. think this is awesome. And both of them hated the chick who killed her husband. I, I This is a fantastic, I can't make this up in my mind. And I'm pretty creative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it, anything else you have to say before I. That's about this? it. Okay. So let me conclude yep. this. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter at RunnFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast, and this is going to be a good one, at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. If you want to look for show notes, and there are none, I made, we made this up as we go, you can go to www.dumbassestalkingpolitics. You probably should, so Dave would so – you could know what Dave didn't on this uh, interview. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> <laughs>